Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe in the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight, no chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, friends. I'm glad to have you here on episode 28 of Jacques Talk. I hope you are prepared to be dazzled and entertained or entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so by uh, me and Big Joe and the Big Rig. What's up, dog? What up? Um, you know, I do like to remind y'all, and I got some great comments of... From uh, one of the uh, members of the uh, administration at Jackson State sent me a text the other day, uh, yesterday to be, to be exact. And uh, matter of fact, I'll just read y'all what it says if I can find it right quick. It says, uh, uh, here it is. Hold up. It says, awesome job on the book. Happy for you. I lived it and I saw it and you wrote a great account of what happened at our school last year. So I say that to say, if you have a chance and you want to know all about Deion Sanders and what's going on in Colorado and why he will win eventually, I think, well, I spent a year with him at Jackson State seeing how he gets down as a head coach, and I would encourage you, I would ask you, go pick up a copy of it. It's called Coach Prime, Deion Sanders and the Making of Men. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever you, wherever you find books, you can find it. Um, it's really a terrific insider account. I had full access to the program. He never asked me what I was writing. And so if you want to know how a true college football program works, that's a good way to find out. Um, before we get started, I always like to remind y'all that if you're ever involved in an accident and you're not at the crib, you know, you're at a business, you're out and about, and it's not your fault. Somebody else's negligence has left you impaired. What you need to do, what you got to do is pick up the phone Call 972-934-8900 and say, hey, that's Greening Law, and say, hey, here's my situation. Here's what happened to me. What do y'all think? And I tell you, if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you. And here's why. Whenever you get involved with somebody else's insurance company and you fighting, man, it can be long. It can be tedious. It can be complicated. It can be a little bit intimidating. It can be a little bit scary. You need somebody like Robert Grinning and the Green Team to walk you through the process because the process is unlike anything you've ever been through. So you rely on them. They'll hold your hand to it, through it. They'll literally walk you step by step by step through it. If you need a doctor, guess what? They'll find you a doctor. If you need a specialist, guess what? They'll find you a specialist. And that's because it's important to them that you focused on rest and renewal. Get your body back right. That's what they want you to focus on. So give them a call, 972-934-8900, if you've been involved in an accident and it's not your fault. Uh, your Dallas Cowboys got the New York Giants this week, and we're going to start the show off this week with Clarence E. Hill Jr. of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, and the E stands for every time he gets on here, he talks longer than he's supposed to. Yes, indeed, he does. <laughs> Let's hit him up. It's all good, though. Most of the time, sometimes it's bad.
Hello. What's up, dog? What's happening? How y'all doing? We're doing great. You get your pee out the way this morning? <laughs> four. Oh, all right, cool. Okay, we got the Giants this week. The Dallas Cowboys got the Giants this week. What is what is your thought going into the game? What's the one thing you're curious about? Because nobody seems to wonder whether the Cowboys will win. So it has to be something that piques your interest about this game. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, I think this is a game, you know, it's almost like a preseason game. And I, I would hate to say it because it's a regular season game. But this is a game where you got to work on some things. You got to work on this running game. You know, you you got to find a way to get this running game established. You got to uh, – you know, everybody's been talking about the Brandon Cooks thing. Do some things, get him more involved in the offense. You know, uh, because it's 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 about the big picture. It's about setting things up for down the line. You know, uh, c- continue to get Terrence Steele back to form and and and, and get him going again and, and confident again. Uh, so I I look at those things. I certainly don't think the Giants are going to be a threat. I mean, with that third quarterback, they got. It ain't Danny DeVito, it ain't Tommy DeVito, it's some dude who's undrafted free agent from Syracuse who started his first game because both of the top two quarterbacks are out. I mean, the Giants, you know, are not a threat, and the Cowboys have played well at home. I can see them continue to play well at home. So, you know, Dak talked about running their own race. It's about running their own race, taking care of their business, and, and showing up themselves. Is there any danger in taking this like a preseason game? I mean, there's all paid well, professionals on the other I, side. I mean, that's me talking. I don't think the Cowboys, certainly they, they, they've not taken anyone lightly. Maybe the Cardinals, but they had a lot of things going on that week. But, you know, they, they've generally taken care of business. And Michael McCarthy has done a good job of having them take care of business. Remember, the Cowboys have not lost back-to-back games going back to, uh, you know, to uh, probably 2021. You know, so they do a good job of bouncing back from losses and, and certainly they're still frustrated by the Eagles' loss. I don't see them, you know, taking them this game lightly. I see them so sort of coming back and, 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 and taking care of business. I'm just saying that from my point of view, these are things that, you know, you you you, you it's, it's not about treating like a preseason game, but these are things you need to work on. You, you need to get Terra still going. You need to find a way to find solutions in that running game. That cannot be thrown about 40 times a game. You know, that, that's really not what you want. Uh, and, and certainly you want to get uh, to make uh, Cooks a threat, you know, which will continue to make C.D. Lamb available. Okay, you raised a good question or an interesting question. You say we need to get Terrence Steele going. What if this is what he is? I mean, he had a very serious knee injury. He just didn't tear the, the ACL. He tore a couple of other things up in there. He came back early. Maybe this is what you have for this year. Well, it, it may be, you know, uh, but I, I certainly see it. I'm not offensive lineman, but I, I don't see offensive lineman being like a receiver. Uh, you know, it's one thing when it's a receiver, when when everything is predicated on speed and cutting and everything else. Nothing with offensive lineman. I know the, the base and, and, and all that other stuff is important and, and, and getting that, that going. But, you know, you trust his work ethic. Uh, you, you trust uh, – you know, Brian, the way they brought him back, so they brought him back early. You know, he had all those injuries, but he was ready to go on training camp. He, you know, so you don't, you, you know, he's going to work at it. You know, and 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 if it is what it is, uh, for the rest of the season, then you have to come up with ways to get him some help because you haven't given him help. And so, how do you help him? How, you know, do you you you, you start chipping? What, what what do you do 
you know, because what happened the other night can't happen. I mean, he gave up 12 pressures. He gave up seven hurries. He gave up four sacks. I mean, you can't function as an offense if, if your left tackle is doing – I mean, your right tackle is doing that. No, and the problem in today's NFL, and it's been like this for a minute, is defensive ends used to just play one side. Well, now right. – now they just go, oh, you can't play? No, we finna put our best guy over on you and let him go to work. Right. And and, and you have to do that because you know what? Ain't nobody eating on Tyron Smith. And it's crazy because I remember training camp when he was getting killed by Michael Parsons every day, which tells you how good Michael Parsons was. Michael Parsons was eating his lunch every day. And there was concern, you know, about his health, uh, his availability, and now we're concerned about his play because, you know, Michael Parsons was killing every day in practice. Tyron Smith has given up no sacks this season, okay? He's only had one penalty. He was like a force field against the Eagles, you know, with that great they, I mean, they don't want I mean, you go look at some of the tape, and no one got anything on Tyron Smith. So you, now you understand what the fuss is about because so many people frustrated. Why don't they just move on with Tyron Smith? Why don't they just cut their losses? You can't trust it. You know, and Jerry's like, we're just going to take this thing game by game because when he's on the field, he's among the best in the business. And he's been among the best in the business when he's on the field and ready to go. Yeah, you can't trust his health. You can still trust the player, but you just can't trust his health. And so – Well, yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. that old adage of, you know, availability is the best ability. If you're not available, then, you know, you're all kind of good you can play. But yep. the Cowboys are trying to come up with things and manage to keep him on the field. But, yes, when he's on the field, that dude is, is, is looks like – He's the Hall of Famer he's been. So we were at the press conference yesterday, and somebody raised an interesting question. Maybe he just don't need to practice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the plan. Look like the plan going forward. He didn't practice last week against the Eagles. Well, the Eagles game, he only went through walkthroughs, you know. And, you know, it's so crazy because, you know, most coaches are for practice, and, you know, we always talk about the chemistry and the offensive line. You know, this offensive line has not played a lot of games together. Uh, you know, you got to get those combination blocks, all that stuff. You, you, you know, it's hard to simulate without practicing. But, you know, just for uh, sometimes, you know, in a sense it is a mother of invention, as they say, and you got to do what you got to do, you know, uh, for your situation. Your situation right now is that every time Tyler Smith, I mean, Tyler Smith has gotten hurt this year, he's been in practice. <laughs> That's what you I'm know? saying. He's been in practice. Not a game. Not a game. Alan has been in practice, you know, and yeah. so – how do you stop him from getting hurt in practice? Quit practicing him. Yep, we're going to let you get hurt in the games uh, <laughs> where they matter. Uh, and I think that's I think that's the right approach to take. I mean, maybe it took a minute to figure that out, but you know what? Like, hey, he's been getting hurt in practice on Thursdays. So what if we just – I mean, he played good. He's been around a long time. He's a highly intelligent guy. You know, plus that, that allows us to let Edoga get some work during practice. So that when we need him, he will have had plenty of reps. Uh, it's not the it's not the uh, situation we would like, but it seems to be the best call, the best solution. So let's just ride like that, man. Because you're right, he was uh, he was terrific last year, and uh, even last week, and even before last week, if you looked at the numbers, he was still doing well. He just had been hurt. Oh yeah, no, his numbers off the chart. I'm pro football focus has him ranked as the third best tackle in pass blocking, eighth overall this year. Uh, conversely, uh, Terrence Steele is among the worst in the league. He's been that way even before last week's meltdown. And, and you talked about the Dogan. Well, should they start a Dogan right tackle? I, I don't know about that. 
you know, but but you got to find some things to get that get that fixed. Well, the other dirty little secret is uh, we haven't talked much about the center. What is his pro football focus ranking? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and that's just it. I mean, that's why I keep trying to tell people, you know, the, the offensive line, you know, the difference between the offensive line, this offensive line has not been good for several years. And this is not the great wall of Dallas from the 90s, and it's certainly not the offensive line, you know, even of 2016 when, when Dak first came out. It's been a broken down line. And they don't, you know, you know, everybody, what's wrong with Tony Pollard? Well, I ain't no holes. You know, there's not a lot of holes there. Nope. What's wrong, you know, the running game, there's not a lot of holes in the running game. Is they're not great in pass blocking, and you know, again, it's Mike McCarthy identified. I know, I know we want to blame Dak for all the interceptions last year, but a lot of that was he, he's running through minefields in the backfield. And, and even you look at this year, <sighs> and, and you, you look at this year, and, and some of that, you know, we 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 laud Dak for his ability to scramble to make plays with his feet, but he, he has to. I mean, they're coming at him. You know, he ain't no clean. Ain't that many clean pockets back there because the offensive line is not, you know, what, you know, the, there's a reputation of the Cowboys offensive line is one of the best in the league. That that reputation is, is you know, is, is has not been true for several years. Um, well, let's take us to your favorite topic. In the last, you know, now I want both of y'all to behave. In the last three games, Dak Prescott has completed <laughs> 71% of his passes, 950 yards, eight touchdowns, one interception, 120.7 passer rating. Um, he's also run 17 times for 73 yards and a touchdown. Um, can he sustain this is the question. He got to. Well, I mean, well, he, he certainly has to, but, you know, this is this is how you play football in the NFL. Again, you know, I, I talked to Schottenheimer last week, and he said that because of the athleticism of the defenders, you need quarterbacks that can move. You need quarterbacks that can be mobile and, and, and make plays with their feet. Because, you know, this that, that whole idea to drop back Tom Brady, Peyton Man, that, that stuff is out. You know, you, you can't do that anymore because the defense linemen are so athletic and so good. You got to have a quarterback that can move and make plays. And it's actually built into the Cowboys offense to scramble play and, and, and doing things. And, and that's when Dak is at his best. You know, you know, when, when he hurt his ankle a couple of years ago, he was conscientious about coming back and, and being more of a pocket passer and not being a runner because he was trying to be smart, which is, the, again, the smart thing to do. You know, you get hurt running, you t- you, you know, you, you, you tear your ankle is a smart thing to do, but it's not the best thing to do for, you know, as far as your game and, and what makes you who you are. And he's going back to being dual threat, Mississippi State. He's not going to run no 50-yard touchdowns because he runs like he got a, 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 a refrigerator on his back, you know. But uh, he still is nimble enough to move and make plays in the pocket and, and, and certainly run for first downs when he needs to. They shouldn't have run out of bounds. He can trust the speed on the two-point conversion because he had Brandon Graham and he, he should have cut up faster. But that's when Dak has been at his best. And, you know, he talked about it. After the 49ers game, and, and it's a it's a bright line from his play, the play of the offense since the 49ers game. I mean, the biggest difference, other than feeding the ball to CeeDee Lamb, is that using his feet and running and, and being a mobile quarterback. And he said he should have done that more in the 49ers game. That's how he's going to play going forward. And that's been the difference in this offense the last two weeks. So as, as we talk about the disappointment of – 
the loss to Philadelphia, I see this is a team that's still on the rise because Dak and his offense has still been on the rise. You know, they didn't win that game, but they were right there with those Eagles and his offense made plays and Dak made plays. It was among the best players, if not the best player on the field on Sunday. Now, you know what's interesting about that whole conversation is that if you look at his first five games, he completed the same 70% of his passes. Mm-hmm. He had 1,061 yards, but that's only 212 a game. Five TDs, four interceptions, 87.5 passer rating. Now he's still at 70% completion, but he's at 316 a game with uh, eight TDs and one interception and 120 passer rating. What I would be curious, and maybe I'll ask him next time I see him, is uh, was that something he figured out after the game? Was it something he figured out during the week? Or was it something he figured out, like, in the locker room after the game, like, you know what? They had some opportunities there, and I just didn't do it. So I'm curious. Oh, yeah, I I think, and I, I think that part of it is the depth of pass. When you scramble, when you make food, you, you, you create more big plays. And right. so he's, you, you're throwing the ball down the field more because of those scramble opportunities. And, and so that's also a part of it. Again, that's part of the offense. And, you know, he has to throw caution to the wind to a certain extent. And, and, and be that dual threat guy. You know, again, he openly talked about it after the game. I got to do more of this. And this is what he's done. So, you know, whatever that uh, epiphany came, it came. Right. How do you feel about that, Big Joe? I think uh, I always go back to when they beat Tampa Bay in the playoffs and Dak just sold out. One of my favorite plays was when he ran the ball and had dirt all in his helmet when he got up. And I thought, we're going to kick their ass. Because this guy is not worried about nothing but balling. And I think Clarence is right when it comes to him him worried about his body and when he was when he was hurt and all that stuff. I hold my breath every time Dak get hit because he our guy, and I don't want him to get hurt again. And I think he's been real safe with his body, you know, with the choices that he's making. And I think he's figuring out what to do. Because I was saying last week when he runs six times or more, it's like he get – he get real physical and it kind of wake him up and he a baller, you know. When he he just start balling when he when he start running. So what yeah. what, what, what do we say? It was thirteen and one when he run the ball so many. I mean, what did you say, Jacques? The, the stat was I like think the, I think the number was seven times a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I, I just thought the, the San Diego. I mean the the L.A. Charger game that just kind of kicked it all off because the last three weeks he been pretty damn good. No, oh, do you have some yeah. bad chill? No, no, I, I agree with no. that. I, I think oh, okay. that is, that has always been a, that has always been a player who would do whatever it takes to win. But he was being smart about it. And I think he was waiting to the playoffs, waiting to pick his spots late in the season to do it. But you, he has to be that way all the time. It's not about picking your spots and waiting to like last year. Well, I'm just gonna wait till the game's important, you know, before you know playoff. What shit? You, you know, you're not gonna get to the playoffs. <laughs> you're not gonna get to those games. If, if you if you're not who you are all the time, and this is that how you have to be, and, and I, again, I think that's been the difference. Uh, it, it's been more about that going back to being dual threat, Mississippi State, that for sure. <laughs> Did, uh, well, while it's impossible to believe, I, I, I agree with Clarence today. I'm, I, 
he, he must be drinking. He must be drinking smart water this morning or something. I, 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 mean, I, just, I just, I need you know how you do them drops. I, I, I need them drops. I need that to be a drop. I agree with Clarence. Okay? I yeah, need that yeah. drop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, um, you tried to take me back to last year. I ain't taking the bait. No. I, I, you didn't take the bait. You nah, didn't take the bait. I thought nah, I, I nah. put it out there point. You didn't take the bait. <laughs> oh, I tried to draw you outside. Oh, I tried God. to draw you outside. That was a hard count right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, He's a killer. <laughs> what do we think about this defense? Because it doesn't appear to be what I thought it was. Or what they thought it was. I mean, they they came in talking about a generational championship defense in the line of the Ravens and the Bears and all that stuff, and and they certainly have not been that. They've been good. Certainly losing, you know, um, digs hurts, especially when you know you know and and, and we we love our, our guy uh, from Michigan. Now my mind is gone blank. Jordan Lewis, uh, he was not good against Eagles. No. You know, and, and and so, but it can be better. I mean, it can be. You know, there there were too many times when when certainly last week when the pass runs didn't get home. You know, and, and on key pass plays. You know, and and and, and so, and, and it's you know they they were decent against the run. They're still leaky. They still you know obviously no one can stop the Eagles on third and short, fourth and short. You know because of uh, you know the tush push, but you you need them. If I I think Mike McCarthy said it also last week, you know, because he all season he's been talking about we got to run the ball, protect the defense. Defense is the best part of this team. Well, and, and and that's one reason why he was playing conservatively on offense with his play calling and all the other stuff because he didn't want to you know turn the ball over whatever else. But he said we cut Dak loose because we, we we can't be so conservative offense because they realized that this defense ain't stoning nobody like they thought it was gonna be, and they they have two score points. This is the NFL in 2023. Ain't nobody winning games 10 to six. Ain't nobody winning games 19 to 14. Okay, I, I don't know what you thought this was, but this is not a game. Okay, you know, <laughs> you know. But you you have to score points to win in this league. All the best teams they score points. You know you can't rely on the defense getting five turnovers and return to stuff the end zone to boost your offensive numbers. Well, you know that's a great point, man. Because and I don't have the stats here because I heard them somewhere. But you know basically when they get a turnover the last couple of years, just eight turnover. You know they're damn near unbeatable. They went at like an eighty percent clip, and I did remember that when they don't get a turnover, they three and six. And if you look at the three losses this year, what have they not been able to do? Turn the ball over right. and really generate that thing. And so while that's great, I mean, it, I mean they really have an opportunistic defense. And if you get them on those particular days when we've seen them, and it comes, it turns into into a piranha feeding. They'll get those turnovers, and that's how they end up with all these blowouts. But on those days where you can't hit that three-run homer, you still got to be able to pitch and play defense and win. And we haven't right. seen them be able to do that. Right, right, right. And, and, and that's the frustrating thing about the Eagles game. And this was certainly a game. Because I was during the game, I was like, man, this reminds me of, you know, uh, on the end of the game on Sunday when Al Pacino was talking about, hey, inch, give me an inch, give me a yard. I mean, I mean seriously, you, you go back to that being out of bounds. On the two point converting a foot, your inch, whatever, 
you know, they're, they're, they're playing for a field goal to tie the game over the last two drives. That doesn't happen. You go back to the um, the, the, t- the tight end play, you know, the, the, what they said was he was down an inch yard of the goal line, you know, even though he was tackled before he got there. That's a whole other question, but in for the goal line. Three times the Eagles put the ball on the ground, including one time uh, on the last possession of the game when Michael Parsons was right there and could not get on the ball. You know, so they were right there. And certainly a game of inches and all this stuff. But, yeah, three times the Eagles put the ball on the ground. The Cowboys did not recover one. No, nah, so it's a, uh, it was a tough loss last week. Uh, uh, wasn't an end of hope loss. Actually, some people might say it was a – there is a ray of hope loss, uh, but uh, yeah, it should be because people be panicking, man. It's not the forty. It's not the forty nine again. You know they 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 lost by five to the quote unquote supposedly best team in the conference. Oh, right. right, a lot of bad calls, a lot of a lot of penalties, a lot of stuff they can clean up, and they lost by five. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if I said that, but I said that on, on several different things last week. I said, first of all, I predicted them to lose this game. Okay. Me too. Uh, because of the Eagles and because they were able to, you know, all this stuff. But I said, this is not the 49ers game. And this win or lose, this won't be the end of the season. They're going to get another shot at the Eagles. You know, Eagles should win at home. But this is not the 49ers. This was not a, a hill they couldn't climb. And, and yes, I came out of this game and said, the Cowboys suffered a tough setback. But this remains a team on the rise. I mean, they showed you. They can play with the best team in the league, which has been the best team in the NFL record-wise, best team in the NFC record-wise all season, toe-to-toe, and not for a break here and break there. They win that game in a hostile environment. So this was a situation where they go on the road and they don't show up like they did against the 49ers or, or like they did against Arizona. They showed up and were ready to play. They just didn't get it done in the end. But there's a lot of positives. There ain't no moral victories, but this still remains a team on the rise. All right, and so we'll let you go with this. Uh, do you assume that they will – I think the spread is 16. I know you don't like uh, prediction scores, but you figure they will cover the spread? Man, they're going to blow them out. Oh. You better, the spread could be 20. Mm. I mean, okay. they, look, look, at their, look at their blowouts at home. That's what they do. They <laughs> blow teams out. They got real teams, real teams out there. Now they got a giant team with – with me and you at quarterback. Man. <laughs> we rotating. Just jinx the hell out the Cowboys. Why don't you? I'm not jinx. Listen, it's bigger than me, dog. It's, I know. If, I'm just, but if I'm they just lose saying, this game, man, if yeah. they lose this game, because I said they're supposed to blow out the Giants, they got a bigger problem. Remember, the... I only got four playoffs with on my resume since I showed up, so I've been a jinx. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you know, but, damn, that's saying they, a lot they, right there. They, they should cover sixteen easy, dog. Yeah. They, they should cover that in the first half. They're supposed to <laughs> in the first half. They were supposed to kick the shit out the Cardinals too. So I don't. Yeah, but that was on the road. I get they're a different that's team right. at home. That's, that's right. all they, they are. They are a different team. Look at the average margin of yeah. victory at home. That's eleven Going back games. to last year. Eleven games they in the road blow- at home or something. Yeah, and look at but look at that when they blow folks out at home. Yeah, they seem to get somebody sorry as hell at home too. Well, I mean they had the Eagles out there too. I mean they they had they, they I mean they got they they play who's on their schedule. Roger, but that. but they 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 blow folks out at home. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that just saw some 
Quentin Williams is mad at Troy Aikman because uh, he didn't <laughs> like uh, he didn't like something he said about the uh, the Jets game. Well, uh, he he ripped the quarterback. I don't know what he's talking about. Troy was very I, complimentary. Can, can I he say something off? real? Here go Quentin yeah. Williams. Can I say something real quick? I seen something that Troy Aikman said that I said something about being a de- decoy. Like I never said that. I never talked to Troy Aikman. I never said that to Troy Aikman. I don't know where he got that from. That never came out of my mouth. I was the highest paid decoy or something like that, he said. Okay, upon further review, that sounds like somebody called him and said, hey, man, Troy Aikman said this about you, and he going off of that because he, he act like he don't know what he – he don't have enough specifics of what he mad about. And who, is he uh, tweeting about this? No, nah, he said it at the, at the end of his media availability. Else, yes, he went yes, out of his way I, to address the comments Troy Aikman made. Then, you know, this thing that you hate, there's somebody who tweeted at Troy. <laughs> what do you call that? Yeah. Tweet snitching? Yeah, yeah, I don't like that stuff. Yeah, right. No, right if, yeah. if somebody wants you to know, they know how to find snitch it. Snitch tagging. Snitch tagging, whatever they call it. I call it snitch tagging, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what's snitch tagging? Uh, <laughs> decoy, come on, man. I don't know. It, it's very, I don't think Troy meant he was a. I mean, I don't even know what he meant. I don't even know what the what the damn thing was. But uh, it doesn't matter what he told him. You know, he may have got Troy may have got his intel from someone else. I don't, I don't right. think Troy told him that. You know, you you do your research. He was just talking about their schemes and they using this. I, I, I don't know what the thing is. I mean, I'm sorry, I want to explain it, but it's, it's silly. Yeah, because Troy was very complimentary of that defense and ripped the offense for much of that game. Right, as he should have. But uh, we appreciate hold you, on, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Killer. What? My, my league, Murphy. What do you think about him? Um, him my league, Murphy plays well when, it, when, 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 when when things when 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 he, when things get off script, he, he melts down. And you know, obviously, he's a young quarterback. Again, I, you know, I, I've been trying to tell people that you know, when you got unknown factors of quarterback, everything game's in the balance. And you look at that first quarter last week; he was fine. Things were on script, but when things got off script, uh, you know, he he melted down. You know, and, and he wasn't throwing, and he couldn't get it back. And my thing about Murphy is that he looks like Bill, the quarterback, on the side of a mountain. He's six five. Monster of a man, got a great arm, got a great throwing motion, but he doesn't play the game naturally. I mean, yeah. why are you not all? You don't, I mean, you don't, he never, you know, just, you know, there, there's no naturalness to his game. And so it's like the coach told me to take this seven step drop and I'm going to throw it here and throw it there. Like he threw an interception on a screen pass with a running back that wasn't even there. He just, I'm supposed to throw it here, I'm going to throw it anyway. I mean, you don't, you don't throw it where nobody's there. I mean, I, I just don't. It, 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 it's there's no natural plan. You saying it's the intangibles? Yeah, yeah. Just and, just, and that's why I always tell people you can yeah. look good, but what you gonna do with that? I mean, a lot of people look good and built like great gods, but can they play the game mentally? Can they play yeah. the game? How, what you gonna do on third and eight yeah. in the third quarter? Which to me, which is scary going to the TCU game because his first two starts have been home in a comfy environment. Now he's gonna be on the road. In a, in a place where they hate you and hate your guts in their Super Bowl and they're trying to salvage their season by beating you on you know, your last time playing. They hated you anyway. They really hate you now. And so this it's going to be a rabid environment. And, and so 
th- that's what's scary about this game for Texas. Well, how long? Do, how long till we see Arch Manning in Texas? At Texas, how long? How long is it going to take for we see no. him play? Uh, I I think that uh, first of all, Quinn Ears is probably going to be back next week for the Iowa State game if he's okay. not back at TCU. He, he's been throwing this week. Uh, I, I keep trying to tell people that. Um, the Mannings and Archie Manning didn't come to Texas to be a hero as a freshman. And everybody, well, they're going to be, you know, because even before the season, there was this, you know, all these pundits, Archie Manning is going to compete with Quinn Ewers for the starting job. That was never the case. That was never on the table. You know, and the fact that he's the third quarterback behind uh, Malik Murphy should speak volumes to where he is. You know, and that doesn't mean he doesn't have a bright future. He played in a small 2A school in Louisiana. They want him to develop and, and, and have a true experience in college. Uh, certainly, if Malik gets hurt, you got to put him on the field. Certainly, if Malik goes out there and throws four interceptions or whatever in the first half, you have to put him on the field. But there's no pressure right. to put to throw Mar- Arch Manning on the field. And I've been saying that since he committed, but people won't listen because they just hear Manning's name and he's a Manning. He has to play. He's a Manning. He's five-star. He's all of this stuff. That's, that's not how it, it, it is, and that's not how it should be. And, again, I think Quinn Harris, if not back this week, he'll be back next week. Cool, cool. All right, well, now we got all that cleared up. We appreciate you, Doc. All right, man. Thank you, guys, man. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Have a good one. That's uh, Clancy Hill Jr. from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, the longest tenured beat writer in Dallas-Fort Worth, as he is proud to say. Uh, he's brought to you each and every Friday by Smokey John's Barbecue. Over there at 1820 West Mockingbird. And this time I want to tell y'all something. We're only, I mean, dude, the year's flying by. We're not that far from Thanksgiving uh, at all by any stretch. And so if you're going to have Thanksgiving at home and you don't necessarily feel like cooking, how about this? Let Smokey John's Barbecue take that off your plate. No, seriously, let them take it off your plate. They got, some, uh, they got some good specials going on right now. I thought I had them with me right quick, but I had a glitch in my computer. I mean, y'all don't really care about this, but I'm going to tell y'all about it. I had this glitch in my phone, and so all the stuff that's in my phone where I had it saved is still here, but it's no longer in the place where I had it. Like, all my pictures have been moved around. Yeah, and I so, kind of remember what they had. They had, like, a bone-in ham. They had a fried turkey. <laughs> They had a they had a gallon of uh, dressing, and yeah. uh, what uh, I saw something the other day on an ad that they had where they had the uh, what is that trail trail juice or trail the the drink? Okay, while I'm looking for this, I'm gonna tell y'all what I did do because uh, I haven't even told Juan and Brent this. Uh, they did something uh, the other day <clears throat> where they had a uh, special on. Uh, they were showing how to do. Popcorn with Smokey John's rub. And I was like, huh, I hadn't thought about that. So last night, man, while I was doing some work, I made some popcorn, put some Smokey John's rub on it. It's game changer, baby. Game changer. Now, I didn't put the lemon juice on it like they did. That seems unnatural to me. I had to ask them about that. But I put the soft, I put the rub on it. It was good, man. But uh, hey, I found what I was looking for. If you don't feel like cooking for uh, Valentine, I mean, man, Valentine's Day, where am I going? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> for Thanksgiving, uh, Smokey John's got several deals for you. 
They got a small family pack for one forty nine ninety five that feeds four to six people, a smoked turkey or a bone in ham, two quarts of dressing, one pint of giblet gravy, six rolls, half a pint of cranberry sauce, and uh, two one quart sides. Uh, if you got the large family pack, that's one eighty nine ninety five that feeds eight to twelve people, smoked turkey or bone in ham, a gallon worth of dressing, one quart giblet giblet gravy, a dozen rolls. Pint of cranberry sauce, two two quart sides, and then you can go pick up some stuff individually, which is what I'm probably going to do because I'm kind of weird about my sides, man. And I want cornbread, not rolls. Hey, any of y'all out there fix some hot water cornbread? Why don't y'all bless a brother on Thanksgiving? Um, smoked turkey, ninety four ninety five. Cajun fried turkey, one oh nine ninety five. Baked turkey, ninety four ninety five. Honey bone in ham. I think that's what had Big Joe and the Big Rig excited at $94.95. Rib stuffed turkey. I was intrigued by that. $135.95. And a sliced 25 pound per pound. So they got a bunch of stuff going on. Go check out their website, smokerjohns.com. The food is fabulous. It really is. No cap. I mean, it's fabulous. Uh, real quick, man. You like light white meat or dark meat? Dark meat, it depends. Dark, most of dark meat. Okay. Well, see, my problem with turkey is I'm a white meat guy, and so I don't like turkey legs per se. I can eat some, but I like I don't want a whole turkey leg. And uh, you know, I'm all about the turkey breast. I actually like the turkey wing. And so, you know, maybe I split the turkey with you, man. I'll eat the white meat, and you can have the dark meat. I don't know about all that. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm still waiting on the bowl, dog. I, I ain't. <laughs> I think you're trying to low key get invited over here, but I don't. No, see no, that no, 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 that's not on my plan. But what you doing? No, no. This is a very weird show today because I've got a lot of moving parts. So let's move on to this, man. We talked a lot. Let's. How do I want to do this? We we're making this up on the fly. Because as usual, Clarence Hill Jr. talked a little longer than anticipated. Just a little bit. Not, not the whole show today. <laughs> and uh, we had a few things I wanted to get to. Um, and so he touched on some of it. Why don't we, because uh, I want to, uh, let me see. Why don't we touch on this? Because uh, he talked about a little bit about Texas and TCU. Uh, the big game this week. You know who, uh, let me ask you this. Because A&M has got Mississippi State. A&M season has been awful. Uh, they're not going to do anything of note. Uh, they're going to have yet another year where they're irrelevant. Um, they need a win this week against Mississippi State. It's a game they should win. But do you think this is Jimbo's last year, even though he got like $75 million guaranteed coming to him? Yeah, how much can they afford to give, just, just give away? Is it a money question or is it a coach think, question? Or? No, I think they, uh, I think the Aggies, the Aggies got money. The Aggies have got a zillion dollars. I mean, that's how he ended up with this contract. Uh, well, let's assume that they can't take yet another year of irrelevancy, especially with Texas and OU coming to uh, the SEC. Because, you know, one of the reasons why the Aggies left the Big 12 is why. We don't need you. We are, we grown. We we go, we gonna strike out on our own and do our own thing, and um, so they out there doing their own thing. 
And now here come Big Brother following right behind you now. He finna take your shine again. Uh, whatever shine you had, Texas and Oklahoma finna take it when they move to the SEC. Uh, because you're not going to beat them on a consistent basis because you've never really beat them on a consistent basis for a long period of time. So my question to you is, if you and here's the issue, and this might be why he hadn't gotten fired yet. If you fire Jimbo Fisher, and that's cool. You want to fire him? Fine. I got no problem. Who do you replace him with? I knew you was going there because that's the last. That's the first thing you think when a big time coach get fired. Who you gonna get? Yeah, Who that's the problem. Because you want somebody that's known. Like we know. Like you thought. Oh, we get Jimbo. It's all good. Mm-hmm. We got our guy. Who can you go get that you feel like? Bam. We put him in here with all our resources and everything else we got. We finna win. We finna run. And I don't know the answers to that, man. Yeah, everybody, I, I, everybody can't handle the pressure in uh, A and M. I mean, and A, uh, go ahead. Them, they got, like you say, they got the resources, they got the facilities. Uh, it's a lot of pressure down there to win. That, not just the, that; it's a weird place to me. It's not a, and maybe weird is not the right word. How about this? It's a different kind of place from the cadet thing to the. Dudes wearing the white suits doing their own little symbol thing to just the whole Aggie vibe. It's just a different place, and that's cool. There's room in college football for different places. That's a different place. But when you got a different place, it's hard to find a dude that'll fit in. Just and here's what I mean. <clears throat> like most of us don't consider Michigan a different place. It seems like kind of your normal football blue blood. They stuck they stuck Rich Rodriguez in there. And they're like, man, you don't fit us. You don't fit our culture. You don't know what a Michigan man is. You need to get up out of here. And they spent about a decade in the abyss trying to find somebody who could take them back to being the Michigan that they knew and loved. And who did they end up having to go get to do it? The guy who was a Michigan quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think the core cadets and that tradition plays into the football coach. Hell, R.C. Slocum was good there. Jackie Sherrill cheating ass was good there. Uh, you just gotta just, go get it. You no, just gotta I just go mean get you it. gotta understand the culture down there. You gotta understand that they're just a little different down there. All right, <clears throat> I'm 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 thinking you low key bashing A and M, and I kind of like A and M. All right, then. oh I am. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I don't like A and M. They the whiniest bunch of fan base ever to I me. I don't know about that. I mean, they made a whole fight song about Texas. I mean, come on, man. And then they wonder why they called Little Brother. Texas ain't made a fight song about them. Have you ever been to College Station? Yes. Okay. I like College Station. I'm good with that. All right. Anyway, I, I like I stay said, that long. Yeah, I, I was. I spent a lot of time there. Um. No, nah, I think you just got to have a good coach. You just got to have a coach that can develop a quarterback. I don't know where you're throwing. Like I said, I can't let you throw the core cadets in that because I got friends that was in that. And they put all, you know, they, they feed officers to our United States Army, but that's, you know, that's probably some some something you didn't know. But anyway. Uh, uh, Y'all see how he is. Yeah, well, I, you see how you is. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Just, Y'all see the passive-aggressive nature of that, man? Just, no, just, no, I'm just, just telling you. It's, it's a tradition there that feeds more into football. But anyway. Yes, sir. Um, what I'm trying to say is they need a coach that, not necessarily understand the culture because the coach ain't going to develop your quarterback, which Jimbo Fisher ain't done. The coach ain't going to put that talent to use like Jimbo Fisher ain't done. I don't know what coaching got to do with all that. 
But I'm saying they they got some things that he not doing. He's supposed to be big time at. And he, wh- where's, what's the boy named King Hayes? Yeah. King, King Hayes is turning it up at Georgia Tech. But he but he would, he played them too early at A&M, and then they don't run offense. Their offense is antiquated. That's because Jimbo running. That's what I'm saying. So, coach would be damned. You need a coach that can coach. And then, uh, so, uh, you got A&M, which needs a win against Mississippi State. You got Texas. Uh, and, you know, they've had all kind of problems with TCU over the last several years. Uh, this should be the year that they go in and wipe out TCU and uh, take some of their frustrations out over the last few years. And then the interesting national game to me, normally it would be Florida State and Miami. But, uh, I mean, they used to be stop everything you're doing because Florida State and Miami finna play. But uh, the interesting game to me this week is really uh, Penn State and Michigan. And not because Michigan got this scandal going on, but, you know, Michigan had Michigan's schedule has been very soft. They haven't played anybody. Uh, this is a chance for them to shut up all the people who say that. Um, and then Penn State, you know, they've been talking about getting over the hump for years, and every year it seems like they have a great year except that they can't beat Ohio State and they can't beat Michigan. Um, so here's one more opportunity for them to do one of those two things. Uh, but I'm interested to see Michigan play a good team, especially a team with a good defense, to see how they match up. Because uh, I think Michigan is uh, really uh, terrific, one of the better teams in the country. I mean, obviously from their ranking. But, like, I think they're legit. But I don't know that they can go down and play with any of those SEC teams just yet because I don't know if they got the speed on the outside or, or on the offensive and defensive lines to do that. Uh, here's what I will say about the cheating-ass scandal. Like, I, I hear a lot of comments about this. Oh, Ohio State turned them in. Ohio State don't want to see. I don't No, I'm just speaking for me. I don't care. Like, you know, when the season start, you know, at the end of the year, you're going to have to deal with Michigan to get where you're trying to go. And so I don't, I'm not looking for them to be eliminated or, or suspended or they can't play for a championship if they deserve it. No, if you want to be the best, you got to go beat the best. I'm not trying to get them eliminated through some kind of uh, chicanery. So, no, if they're better than us like they've been the last two years, then that's just what it is. Because we kicked their ass for 15 years, and they kicked our ass for the 10 years before that or something like that. That's just what it is, man. So You know how how cheating works, right? Cheating works like this. If if one person is doing it, if one person is cheating, then everybody in the Big Ten is like, yeah, unanimously, we got to do something about this. But when most of the people are cheating, that's when everybody's kind of hemming and hawing. Maybe they cheating, maybe they not. Some people are telling, some people well, are not. I think, uh, I think it's a little bit of everybody stealing signs. That's not no big deal. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think don't, that's big, a big deal to me. I don't think the stealing of signs is a big deal. Uh, I don't think me calling you and say, hey, dog, when you get ready to play Clarence this week, this is what they say. When they say red bird, they run it right. When they say uh, skippy, skippy, they run it left. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a big deal with that. Uh, but it seems to me to be different when, when you – because that's, to me, just normal what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the difference is where you're going around filming. You're going to other stadiums and you're filming it, and then you're bringing it back and you're doing it that way. Uh, yeah. It just seems like the – it seems like the no, – it's like – you know, if you're counting cards, 
it, in Vegas, that's one thing. If you got an earpiece that can't nobody see saying, hey, I see what the deal is doing right here, hold or ask for a card, that's just different. Um, you, can both, you can say it's both cheating, but one is uh, more extreme than the other. Uh, but the bottom line is, um, you know, I'm not interested in having Michigan kicked out of the playoffs or kicked yeah. out or, you know, not eligible to play because, to me, that taints everything. You know, you know they're good this year, so deal with them. Just like we done dealt with them, you know, for most of the last uh, few years. And if you're not better than them this year, then you got to go back to work and get better again. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's me, and that's my take on it, and that's the way I look at it. Um. Let me see here, bro. Well, let's uh, let's touch on this, uh, and then we'll get up out of here uh, for today, and then we'll be back on a little bit of a more normal schedule next week. Uh, when you look at this Cowboys game, as we go into who 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 wins and why, uh, offensively, Dak is clearly the epicenter of the offense. Clearly, he's playing well. But I would like a little more uh, rhythm to the offense. I don't mind these scramble plays, but those aren't rhythmic plays. I would like a little more rhythm where you just play normal lineup, beat them up football. At the point of attack, we control the line of scrimmage, and then you see what the Cowboys can do. Um, Love to see if you can get Brandon Cooks involved, but I'm okay, man, if you got Dak. I mean, if you got – CeeDee Lamb doing this thing, you got Jake Ferguson doing his thing, and everybody else got to get in where they fit in. I'm okay with that. Why? Because the offense has been productive. And then I'm going to let you figure out what to do with the running game. Well, the, the thing about it is, is, is what have we talked about all week? Uh, are they, are they going to be a passing team or are they going to be a running team? I think this team is a passing team. Whether they want to or not, they pretend to run. They kind of sort of run, and I really don't think it's no fixing the running game because the offensive line been nicked up. Everybody on that line has had some kind of injury. The center had the hamstring, still with a knee problem. I don't remember what happened with Tyler Smith. You know, Tyrone. He had a, he had a hamstring. Well, there you go. He said everybody is kind of nicked up. Maybe later on in the health in the, in the season they'll be healthier, but I doubt it. So it's like they like like Clarence was saying they're not making no holes. Um, McCarthy keep talking about running game, running game, running game. I think that's because Kellen Moore wasn't running. Right. So he started selling us the run, but he really wanted to throw that thing. And I think he just he just run the ball just so he don't have to have Dak throw it 50 times. I think he kind of jabbing with the run. He ain't throwing no hooks with the run. He's throwing jabs <laughs> with the run, and he's throwing the hooks. But he got to do something to keep them guys from, from laying back, you know, being too deep because uh, – I don't know if they can get the running game going this week because what's my man name from Clemson? Wilkins. Right. That's a 350-pound guy who can move. And I don't know that I don't see them moving him unless they start getting outside on the Giants. And you can do that. But right. we'll see. I, I, don't, I don't know about the running game. I don't, I don't know. Well, I think it's, uh, you know, the problem with the running game to me has always been you need to be able to run it when you want to run it. At the end of the game, third and short, those types of things. Now, you know, however many yards you get is, is whatever to me. But can you run it when you need to run it and when you want to run it? That's always the key to me to the running game. 
And so, uh, as you said, this just might be a year, man, where the running game is going to be what it's going to be. And so you have to be like, let's not come out and bang our heads against the wall. Let's just say, hey, we're going to come out, we're going to throw it up, throw it around, loosen your butt up, and then we're going to run it once we get you loosened up a little bit. Have you, have you looking for this passing attack? Then we'll slip some runs in there and pick up some yards and do it that way. One of the, uh, one of the best stats that I ever heard, when the Saints won the Super Bowl, they led the league in attempts when they were ahead. And yep. that's kind of what you're talking about. You know, let's, 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 you know, I think it was Pierre Thomas and uh, Ingram. Right. And them guys wasn't no studs, but they ran the ball when they was ahead. And the Saints was definitely a passing team with Drew Brees. So, yeah, it's possible to do what you're talking about and still win. Because it's all about controlling the game. Mm hmm. And so, you know, if you have to pass to control the game and get up, you know, because how do the Cowboys want to play? The Cowboys want to play like we go down there and we score. Our defense goes three and out, four and out. We get the ball back. We kick another field goal touchdown. Now you're under pressure because if you don't score on this second drive right here, we're going to go up 17 nothing, and it's over because we're going to turn these pass rushes loose. And we're going to get some interceptions and all this other stuff. So that's how they want to play. They want to play from ahead. They want to dictate the game. And you could say, like, well, everybody does that. Well, some teams are really built to play like that. Uh, yeah, everybody wants to get off to a fast start. But we've seen what happens when they play. They kind of become a frenzied team. It's really interesting how they play. And so they need some of these things to come together for them because they do kind of play like a basketball team where they have runs, much like we talked about with the Rangers. They just put runs together, and they can blow you out in a hurry. Look what they did to the Rams. That thing was a close game, and four minutes later, that thing was over. And so they can strike like that, and um, that's, uh, that's how they built to play. That's how they want to play. And so uh, we'll see if they can get their offense going, man. I think some of it's game planning. Uh, and I think if you take a different approach where you don't feel like you need to, to run the ball and establish the run, no, nah, just how about this? Go establish some points. Go get some points. Have you got to do that is what you need to do, and it's all good. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to be – I think they're going to whip the hell out the Giants. I don't know if we're going to get what we want to get out of that, where they start reestablishing stuff and all of that stuff. Yeah, I don't know if that's available. Yeah. If the Giants quit, we'll probably get Tony probably get 100-something. But uh, yeah. them guys still playing hard right now. So we'll see. Uh, I, just, I just want a W. I, how we get it, how we do it, it's all good, but I'm I'm looking. At, I just I just need that W. Let's let's start banking them wins. Let's start whooping the people we supposed to. Let's get up out of there. Yeah, well they've been doing that for the yeah. most part. Yeah. They had, uh, they defensively, um, you know, last week was a weird week because they gave up 292 yards. They controlled uh, AJ Brown. They controlled Devontae Smith. They controlled DeAndre Swift. Um, they did what they were supposed to do. They just didn't get any turnovers yet. They still gave up four touchdown drives, including one to start the game and one to start two in the third quarter, which meant the Cowboys were, were chasing the game in the second half and chasing it for a portion of the first half. Uh, so they've got to play better, man. They, come out of, they got to come out and set a tone. And apparently, which they should be able to do with a uh, rookie quarterback, undrafted free agent rookie quarterback, uh, because uh, Daniel Jones got a torn ACL, Tyrod Taylor is out. Um, they should be able to feast on this guy, man. They should have a couple of turnovers. And uh, I think that's a big reason why most folks think this will be a blowout. Um, 
you know, they, you know, they don't have a lot of good receivers anyway. Now the quarterback is shady. Uh, it's, it's, you have to look long and hard to find ways for the New York Giants to win this football game. Yeah. All right. They don't have Joshua Dobbs, so I ain't worried about it. <laughs> that dude lucky as hell. You see what I'm saying? He lucky as all get out. Joshua yeah. don't need no training camp. He don't need no playbook. He just need nah. a plane ticket and a football. And he that that's nah. how lucky he is. I think the defense is good. If you gotta go back to uh just remember when Mike Nolan coached this defense. And then you'll thank these guys as the Ravens, because that defense was horrible. So <laughs> I just I mean, think but I, the least common denominator can't be outstanding though. Well, I'm just saying. It just they we talked about it earlier. I'm not gonna backtrack on what we talked about earlier this week. They only gave up two hundred and ninety two yards. I mean everybody breaking them down, but they held AJ Brown down and nobody has. So I think they playing pretty good. They they not they not the Ravens, they not the eighty five barrels, which is better than the Ravens to me. Uh they not that, but they still pretty they still pretty good, especially when they don't give up the run. My biggest thing is if they give up the run, that's when we know we're going to have a long-ass day. They give up a, a touchdown drive or two, okay, cool. They gave up 28 points to what people are calling the best team in the conference or the league. Yeah, I'll take that. It's all good. They lost by, we lost by five. I keep saying that, but that's what it is. It is what it is. Don't panic. No, I don't think there's any panic. It's a well, lot of people. Here. It's a lot not here, but, but it's a lot well, of people, people panic in the streets just yeah. because that's what they do. That's a lot of people. It's, it's it's some people that's panicking, you know, and I don't know. Still, some people. Oh, hey, that's Dak Fire, whatever, man. It, you can take. It's a silver lining. I mean, it's a little more victory, just a little bit in the Eagle game. I think they get it together. They just imploded. It's, it's a seven yard line, twenty some seconds left. And then it all went to shit. Yeah, because I really thought, I was like, I can't believe they finna pull this they game out right pull here. pull it out. That's hope. hope is a killer. <laughs> hope, <laughs> yeah, it is. Hope, you know, we about to lose and we got 50, 46 seconds left. And damn, we on the seven-yard line. How did, how did that happen? <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we about to. And then things just we start going backwards. If, nah, I had, it's a, if I had to hear one more time, why did Dak take a sack? What? Uh, you know what? When 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 the right tackle is laying people, and God bless him, I forgot that he tore his knee up really bad. I don't know how I forgot that. Yeah. And then we, you know, like Clarence was saying, he don't know. Well, offensive lineman, that footwork is everything. Yeah, the lateral know? movement is yeah. everything. You got to do jump sets where you get you 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 jump, you get your ass outside, keep that guy from coming around. You got stab and grab. A lot of that still is coordinated. Right. Yeah, it's not the same as the old days where they just kind of moved a little bit. But yeah, he couldn't slide. I don't think he could slide at all. And that's no, never. Because he gave up. He gave up pressures from everybody. Uh, Reddick, <laughs> Reddick, Graham, and uh, Sweat. So if you lined up with there over yeah. there, you got a pressure. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And he he been pretty good. He been pretty good. It's, 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 he can't play left tackle. But he's been pretty solid at right. Um, and then if you look at the special teams uh, with Cavante Turpin, he's been a weapon every week. Hell yeah. Uh, and it seems like he's about to break one. If he's healthy, he's going to get one at some point because he's coming too close. And the thing I know about punt returners and kick returners is 
when you got a guy back there like that who's showing you that he about to break one, mm-hmm. that just make all your guys block harder and with more effort because they know it's coming. Yep. It's like Amen. if I could just hold if I could just hold my block, yep. it's Amen. coming. And quit doing yeah. stupid stuff. Amen to that. You don't yeah. want to be the guy that holds somebody or blocks somebody in the back. Get that? I mean, that's just man. Make sure right. Yeah. Uh, number fifty, the linebacker. I don't even right. know if he's still on the team, but uh, no, nah, they cut him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You don't want to be that guy on the return to do that, but. Yeah, I think you're right. He, 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 I wonder how he is after after being dinged up last week. Well, see, I didn't see him yesterday because uh, mm-hmm. I, I was specifically wanted to ask him that. So if I see him out there uh, today, I will ask him and bring you a uh, if you bring don't, an answer back. If you don't see him, does that mean he probably getting treatment or something? No. Oh, okay. Just you didn't yeah, see him. Just no, it could mean you know that's the media period is from one uh, thirty to two thirty. That's also their time off. So. It's, if you live around the corner, you can scoot home for an hour or two oh, okay. or an hour and a half. Gotcha. If you want to go get McDonald's instead of what they're serving in the uh, cafeteria, you could do that. If you want to run up to the grocery store in the bank before your meetings, you could do that. So, uh, you so, know, so do they do they feed y'all out there? No. Oh, okay. Uh, they never have. Uh, I take it back. They haven't in more than twenty some years. Uh, but they got a full. They like you know they got a new facility. So they got like every other team with a new facility. They got a full chef, and yeah. you know, I know when, yeah. we, when we went out to Valley Ranch, we kind of had to run of the place a little bit. Yeah, dog, that was damn near thirty years ago. Yeah, it was you, a long time ago. You ain't got, you can't go, you literally can't go twenty yards without running to a security guard oh, out okay. at the star. Okay, <clears throat> matter of fact, you couldn't even get out at the star now because. Uh, uh, whenever you came with me, you probably signed in, maybe, and just gone nah, about your business. No, nah, I didn't sign in. We drove uh, in, we parked, we went into the damn, we went through the door. Yeah, I think and walked uh, in. Yeah, I think that day I met Babe Laufenberg. I think I met. Uh, I've been. I was out. There, I was out there about four times with you, and uh, uh, I met Jim Jeffcoat one time. Yeah, well, uh, them was the days. You yeah, can't do yeah, that stuff days. now. Oh yeah. See, you hey, got you. grandfather then. You can't do none of that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You got matter of fact, we got to wear badges and stuff everywhere you go. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think uh, uh, and Brandon Aubrey is uh, terrific. He had that doinked in extra point and that weird kickoff. Yeah. And he got back right on the fifty yard field though, so yeah, he's he back did. on track. Yeah, he did. Um, so, uh, given all of that, man, I think. Uh, this feels to me like it's going to be yet another uh, uh, blowout Dallas win. I think I've got Dallas winning. I was trying to figure out what I was giving the Giants, but I think I got Dallas winning uh, thirty-eight to seven. Okay, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not going to say nothing because I'm I'm all about that jinx and stuff, so I'm going to leave that alone. But uh, I did want you to say something about that. I did want to talk about Ranger free agents. Well, I think the uh, the thing about the Rangers is, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to say this, is, you know, while there is no salary cap, everybody got a budget. I got a budget, you got a budget, everybody got a budget. Right. And so you wonder, uh, Shohei Otani seems like the sexy pick. A lot of people say the Rangers involved. And the problem is the numbers that you hear are crazy. And here's why. Uh, 
I've heard, you know, 550 million over 12 years. And let me be honest with y'all, the 550 million don't bother me. <laughs> it's the 12 years that bothers me because Dang. he's played a lot of baseball. He's already having Tommy John now. You don't want to be like Albert Pujols where I give you a 12-year deal at 29 and you good for six years. And the last six years when you make it $50 million a year, you're just a shell of yourself. You well, just what did we pay Prince Fielder? Well, that was different because he had like a, a weird injury that basically ended his career. Okay. Um, and so he got, I mean, like, I think they had insurance that covered that because. That was some freaky stuff. Okay. Yeah, he couldn't play anymore. Like, he hadn't played anymore. His career was over. Um, so, you know, it's a little different. So, you know, Tanya is weird because you have to make such a long commitment. You know, even Corey Seager at 10 years, but you got him when he was 28. So, you know, you thinking, okay, 28, maybe he's still really good until he's 36. And then there's only a couple years where he's, you know, just an average or below average guy. Um, you know, but the, uh, so that's a question. And, you know, that's just a matter of whether you want to be like, because if you, because Otani's not pitching next year. And if you, uh, and if you want to stick, um, uh, you know, his bat into this lineup, then you're like, wow, because he could DH next year. And yeah. You know, the lineup would be incredible if you started off. I mean, you'd probably, like, I don't even know how you put the lineup together. You'd probably put Simeon as the leadoff guy, Otani second, Seager third, Garcia fourth, uh, Evan Carter fifth, Josh Young sixth. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. And then Nate Lowe seven, Leody Tavares eight. And uh, whoever your other outfielder is, I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. I'm thinking off the top of my head. Yeah, that's cool. I, I just wanted but, to bring it up because when you put Otani in the notes, I was like, what? Oh, okay. I didn't realize he had op- that he might have a chance to come here. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just money. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, when, when you're Otani, you've been playing on losing team. You know, I mean, at a certain point, okay, I got my numbers and I got my MVP. I'm already rich. Okay, can I win? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, to me, now this is just me. The Dodgers would be the front runner. Okay. Why? I already live in Southern California. Right. I don't really have to move if I play for the Dodgers. Okay? The Dodgers, like the Yankees, print money. So they don't care. They can spend whatever they're going to spend. Um, and and what else about the Dodgers? For the last six, seven years, they've been winning 100 games or 98 games or 95 games and been disappointed in the World Series for the most part. Right. So you can stay where you stay, you can get paid, and they're going to win. So, you know, to me, if the Dodgers want to spend the money, the Dodgers would be the front runner. Uh, but real quickly, that would mean, you know, what do you say about Jordan Montgomery? Uh, you got him for ten million this year, or that's what he made this year. Uh, I've heard him about five years, one hundred and twenty-five million. Do you want to pay twenty-five million dollars a year for for Jordan Montgomery? He was great in the playoffs, but if you look at who he is, he's a he's been a slightly above average innings eater. Do you want to pay that much for him? You might, because you could look at it and go, you know, because Scherzer 
will be back next year, but DeGrom is probably not going to pitch next year. Or if he does, it'll be at the end of the year. So you got you to gotta have people who fill innings while you get to the playoffs next year. So, uh, you know, that's an interesting thing I enjoyed Montgomery. He's 31. He's always been solid, never great. Uh, but he was terrific in Texas, man, and he's got some balls. And at a certain point, I don't, I don't mind paying for balls. It's just, you know, how much do you want to pay? Yeah. And, um, you know, because that's always the question because none of this is free. Um, and you, want, you don't mind paying. You just want to make sure I'm not making an emotional decision. Is he really a guy that should be making $17 million, but because he was great in the playoffs, uh, you know, now, now I got to pay him, you know, an extra $8 million a year for five years, an extra $40 million. I don't know if I want to do that. So those are the questions that real baseball people have to answer. And then the other question is, do you want Josh Hader, H-A-D-E-R, from uh, the Padres, who's probably the best closer on the market? He wants – from what I've read, five years, $120 million, um, or $110 million, something like that, $18, $19 million a year. Well, that would be more like 100 so it's more than that. But anyway, he's in the $110, $120 million range, five years. He's 31 years old. Uh, he was fantastic in 2021. He was fantastic in 2023. He was just a dude in 2022. Uh, in the previous five years, from 2017 to 2021, he was good, really good, like an 8 out of 10. So for most of his career, he's been really good or outstanding. He had that one bad year, but it was two years ago. So you believe that that's all over? That's what you got to figure out, though. Well, I got my, my last question is, how many times in the last 10 years have we talked about the Rangers in the offseason? None. 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 <laughs> hey, hey! Welcome back, baseball. At least in my mind, I'm not a die, I, I'm I'm not a diehard Ranger fan, but I'm becoming one, and that's why I wanted to make sure we went over that because you know, like I said, baseball to me, baseball not they didn't have to win the World Series, but baseball is definitely back, and I like that. So that's all I wanted to say. As I, I just you know, I was like that whole segment right there, it was on point. That's what I'm saying. Getting back right. into you know getting back into some baseball, and we might need to keep that up because everybody loved the Rangers now, everybody, <laughs> including my ass. There you go. No, the Rangers in a good spot right now. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, they are. So, uh, um, so yeah, we'll keep the baseball talk up because uh, you know the general manager meetings are going on right now, and uh, some things will pop from that. And then free agency is here, man. This is the deals are being made right now, and then. This is where the conversations start, and then the deals start getting done over the next week or two. Otani is the big fish out there, and then we'll see uh, how everything else breaks out. Um, so, once again, we always appreciate you listening to the Jock Talk podcast presented to you by Greening Law. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. That's huge for us. And if you didn't listen this long, take two seconds to do that thing for your boy. Subscribe, rate, and review. It means the world to us in terms of advertisers and sponsors and allowing us to continue to do what we do uh, don't forget about the coach prime Deion sanders and the making the men book and hey until we chat again you guys be blessed